Welcome to episode 117 of Blue Jays Happy Hour. I'm Nick Ashbourne, joined as always by Andrew Stoughton. And we are coming to you at a special time. The thought here is that we might increase the frequency of these podcasts as monumental events happen for the Blue Jays over the next few days that kind of decide the fate of their season. And we thought those might unfold slowly, but as we were kind of discussing before we went on record here, Stoughton, everything has seemed to happen pretty much all at once. Yeah, it's kind of remarkable they had another one of those weekends where like all of the results basically went their way. Not obviously, you know, maybe we'll get into that, uh, the one on Saturday, but um, yeah, you have to feel pretty good if you're the Blue Jays, uh, at least relative to how you have to feel if you're the Mariners or the Astros or even the Rangers. Yeah, in particular, the Mariners, who as yeah. a record are uh, trailing Astros, although that can clearly change. I mean, that was, you know, it, it looked like a pretty scary team for some time. And, you know, the Rangers stumbled, the Mariners stumbled, you know, even the Astros have stumbled a little bit here. And we knew that all along. Like, we knew that these teams were not perfect. We knew that there was a reason they were in a dogfight with a Blue Jays team that we've generally been disappointed with all year. Like, if these teams were way better than the Blue Jays, uh, chances are they would have records that were way better than the Blue Jays. So, this type of outcome was always on the table, but the way everything seemed to be breaking wrong for the Blue Jays with that Ranger series and just that that time when Seattle got back in the race, when it looked like they were going to be major sellers, we even had the Teoscar Hernandez reunion talk. Uh, there was this moment here where it felt like everything was tilting away from the Blue Jays, and now it has gone in their favor. And to be honest, even one win at Tropicana Field would have been a decent outcome here um, because the Rangers and the Mariners were facing each other. And you you never really expect to get two wins at the top. And I'm not saying that in the sense that the Rays are some unbeatable juggernaut, but this has been the history. The Blue Jays have really struggled when they go to Tropicana Field. The Rays are, you know, they are a team that finds ways to win. As much as that sounds like a cliche, they have depth. They are, they're clever, uh, as we know. And do you think there's some element of demystification here based on the series? Because you might have even, you know, you were pretty close to having a sweep here. And this is looking more and more like the series that we could see in the wild card as well. It is, yeah. Um, I hope it's a demystification. I mean, I think that some of the the trop fears that people have are a little on the unfounded side. Like, I think they're, you know, they've always had a, a, an under 500 record, but I think the last couple of years it's been like by a game. Uh, I think they were, you know, three and four the last two years. Uh, something like that. I looked it up, but also, yeah, it's always felt horrible, and th- that surprised me because it's always felt horrible. I, I feel like there was a year, I don't know if it was 2015, but one of the better years uh, in the not-so-distant past where it felt like that was sort of changing a bit as well, and then it did not. And then it kind of went back to, um, you know, basically since the Rays have been good, the Blue Jays have had a real tough time, like you say, um, getting wins and, and and figuring things out at the trop. And, uh, you know, the, that playoff series in 2020 still, uh, still lasts long in the memory, I think. Uh, but yeah, it, it's it, it's so weird, you know, to even be thinking in that way and thinking about it, especially you know, following the through line of this entire season and where it got after the the, the Rangers series. After all our level headedness, we just sort of broke a little bit as we were talking about last week, and and uh, and now here we are, where it's not crazy to be like, okay, this kind of has been looking like the Blue Jays team that we thought they could be all along. With you know, if Springer and Vlad are hitting like they're supposed to. And everything else sort of holds as it is. 
you know, you got you're you're like okay, this is a threat to win the World Series kind of team, which feels absurd given how you know much we've talked about them not being bad and not being uh, anything except a disappointment and you know people's jobs on the line and all that. It's a it's a weird little moment and. Uh, Perhaps, perhaps we'll be fleeting. Perhaps we'll uh, we'll uh, we'll we'll ultimately prove that. But uh, uh, yeah, things are things are quite nice. It's it's strange. People are getting excited. I'm interested to see what the crowds are going to be like because you know there were some disappointing crowds there. I'm uh, not an uh, attendance shamer, but uh, there were some weird crowds. You know, with the, in the Rangers series and and basically all the September homestands after the kids have gone back to school, uh, all the home games there. So. Um, you know, I guess we'll see whether that's just like whatever weird corner of the internet that I know I live in, uh, is, is actually sort of getting excited about this team, uh, or if it's like pervaded the, uh, the public at large, but, uh, I hope it's the latter. I mean, it, this is, a, this can be a very fun team as we saw this weekend. And as we saw, you know, basically the last month or two, except when they were playing the Rangers in that series. Yeah, I mean, you you know, you need quite a few good outcomes for you know the Blue Jays fans to have a chance to watch this team in the playoffs, right? Like, not only do you need to make the playoffs, which you know you can look at your favorite playoff odds and they'll tell you that's extremely likely, but it has not been totally sewn up at this point. Uh, the Blue Jays are familiar with losing out and falling out of the playoffs, although that was you know we're talking decades and decades ago, but it is something that's happened to this team in the past. I'm not willing that into existence but it's just like (laughs) in order for them to have that moment where they're in front of their home fans in the playoffs that's going to take some doing but i I, at that point you have to imagine that the excitement would be there because at that point it means they will have you know they will have gone to tampa bay or they would have gone to minnesota and they would have won a playoff series which is something they haven't done since you know the bautista donaldson years like in this version of the blue jays and I remember last year we talked a lot about the idea that the 2022 Blue Jays would be worse than the 2021 Blue Jays, but potentially more successful. And that's kind of what played out, right? Like we all know the 2021 Blue Jays were awesome. And at the end of the day, you know, Red Sox bullpen, Marcus Simeon throw in that Detroit game, whatever weird thing you want to chalk it up to when you fall one game short, that's what happened. And we could have that happen, you know, yet again. Like, I think the 2023 mm-hmm. Blue Jays are worse than the 2022 Blue Jays, but there's still the opportunity for them to be more successful. And that is part of what makes MLB playoffs frustrating, I think, in a sense, for some fans, especially fans of teams like, I don't know, the LA Dodgers. I'm not saying I feel sorry for Dodgers fans, but the reality is you're cheering for a team and it's like consistently the best team in baseball and they keep finding a way to not win the world series but the flip side of that is some team like the blue jays which has you know arguably you know been in decline for multiple years in a row and potentially scraping into the playoffs on the weakness of those around it in the race could be a threat to do something and i'm still not predicting that i still would have a hard time making that leap like i think the argument for the blue jays is is just the everything anything can happen argument right like i don't think there's sort of a strong intellectual argument where you say this team is better than x y and z team like this team is better than those teams in the nl this team is better than you know i mean it's weird though you know the american league like they're behind the the rays and the orioles and i don't think the orioles are necessarily as good as their record and the rays are kind of banged up right now like that's that's sort of part of the story about this, you know, to use the word we've used earlier, like the demystification of the Rays and the idea of going to the trop, 
is that this is a team that is really stacked injured. And we know the Rays have done that before, but like when you watch those lineups the Rays trotted out over the weekend, you know, leaning on, you know, Junior Caminero, for instance, who had never played a triple A. 19 years old, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and like having, uh, you know, lows or loud, I always forget low or loud, depending on the one. I think it's the, I think it's, uh, we're talking about low here. Um, having him have his kneecap, have a serious injury, Brandon Lowe. And, you know, even Luke Rayleigh is a useful guy who has suffered his injury as well. And we know that their starting rotation has sort of been decimated. The bullpen's there, you know, and, you know, Wander Franco is gone for, you know, it's a good thing that he's gone. We don't need to delve into that. But the bullpen is really good. And Mike Petriello wrote something uh, really interesting about how it's really found its stride and having a historic month in September. We didn't really see that in the Blue Jays series, to be fair. No, we did not, no. <laughs> um, but, but it, you know, it would be silly to be like, oh, they were a little bit shaky for three games, therefore they're trash. No, like this is a good unit. Um, but the rotation isn't quite as scary as Ray's rotations have been at times. And the lineup isn't, yeah, it's not as proven and it's not as dangerous. So, I don't know. I don't think that Blue Jays fans are like, wow, I, I can't wait to see this team face the Rays. But at the same time, the idea of facing the Rays now in 2023 based on these circumstances is definitely more palatable than it was, you know, in 2020, they were lambs to the slaughter, right? Like, oh, yeah. it, it is yeah. silly to be like, oh, it's, you know, of course they were doomed to lose and that's what happened because anything can theoretically happen in, in such a short series. But realistically, you could have thrown any stats you wanted to people. You would have been told that this team was going to lose. And, you know, and they went out and, and, you know, Robbie Ray was quite good or whatever. And they held the lineup in check in that first game. But, you know, they, they did what was expected. And this time around, and maybe it's, you know, maybe it's a little bit of bias based on what we saw in just one weekend. And we'll see what happens later in the season, the final series of the season. But it definitely doesn't feel that way this time around. No, I think that's true. I, but I also don't, I don't agree that the, there aren't teams that they kind of stack up well against, you know, if, with the caveat of, you know, if, if Springer and Vlad are going to hit like they hit this week. And, you know, you get Brandon and Belt back, you got a bit of offense. The bullpen's been great all year. The starting pitching's been great all year. I mean, this is a team that looks like it could do something in the playoffs, which, um, yeah, but which you is can, crazy. You, yeah, but you couldn't make <laughs> the argument that this team is, like, better Not than the better, Braves no. or the no. or the Dodgers, for instance. Like, it's... No. So at, at a certain point, you're really you are just saying this can happen, and and it <laughs> well, can. I mean, I mean that Fangraphs piece uh, from earlier in the month, you know, had them like where they put the tiers, or they sort of power ranked the tiers. I forget. I'm trying to look it up right now, but I don't know. Uh, but, but where you know the Jays were, uh, you know, in in tier two above the Rays, above the. I mean, I think with the Dodgers, uh, based on you know whatever metrics Fangraphs was using there, and ahead of the Orioles, which I think was sort of the. Uh, that was the point I used it for, at least, to needle Orioles fans, whoever whoever they even are at this point. Um, but yeah, you know, the Orioles, like, their their starting rotation is not particularly scary. Their bullpen without Bautista is not particularly scary. Uh, very good team. And Texas to Texas hit, like, like, eight home runs the other day or something <laughs> stupid like that. Like, they're, they're, that lineup is really good, but not really afraid of their pitching either. You know, there's going to be some games. And, and if the Blue Jays are going to hit like they are capable of and like we always sort of expected them to. I mean, this is getting a little bit too rosy, obviously. But, you know, there there's there's something there. And there's a reason, I think, why people thought and, and you know, thought all along, okay, this should be better. This should be getting better. And it's... Uh, uh, it is interesting, and yet you're not wrong either that it could absolutely still fall apart for them. Uh, they are not in it yet. Um, 
but yeah, it's uh, just savoring a nice moment. Really, it's it 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 feels like it feels like people are going to be at the ballpark tomorrow on uh, whatever the hell it is Tuesday, and uh, watching a team that's going to the playoffs smack around the Yankees. Hopefully, uh, that's pretty good. I will before we move on. I, I will give. I will concede something in your point on just because to just quote, I'll, I'll allow it. Um, <laughs> Uh, and I, I, I'm going to say the, the numbers I, I, I'm about to quote, I don't agree with. But Fangraph says the, their chances of winning the World Series are, let's, uh, are basically exactly what the Orioles and Rays are. So they've got the Orioles at 6.9, Blue Jays at 6.6, Rays at 6.5. So they're, they, as far as Fangraphs is concerned, and Fangraphs is not an almighty organization and their statistics do not predict what's going to happen every year but as far as their projections are concerned those teams are interchangeable which i think is interesting i mean though that's a little bit and then that cohort is a little bit behind the rangers and astros and then well behind the braves and dodgers who are kind of the consensus two favorites here uh, uh, that's really interesting to me because like one of those teams getting a buy past the, the the first series, which is, you know, a very easy stumbling point as we all learned last year. Yeah. And I think that that, that says something about the projections belief in the blue Jays, right? Cause we know mm-hmm. the blue Jays are not getting a buy like the Orioles and Rays. you know, it could be the Rays, It could be the Orioles. It's, it's probably going to be the Orioles based on the math. I, I, yeah. Is but, it even, is it, is it a conclusion at this point? I thought maybe the Rays were. No, were the Rays are two and a half back it. as we record. So oh, okay. in yeah. theory it could happen. It, it probably won't. Like it would take the Orioles really stumbling down the stretch here. Um, but anyway, so the, you know, thinking of the Blue Jays having a similar, similar odds to those teams in terms of, winning at all when they have that extra step to do that is a vote of confidence like i said i i'm not sure i agree with that um but but it's out there and it's based on sound logic and statistics and uh you know probably more thought than i've given the matter uh, or at least more computational power than i have Absolutely. at my disposal <laughs> so uh, there there's something to good, feel good about I, I want to ask you this sort of in terms of the idea of facing the Rays. If there were an opportunity, and you know, no one would ever you know, admit to this, this is harder to do in baseball than it is in some other sports um, where you can have, uh, where you can sort of sit player, the, the right players and massage an outcome, we'll put it that way. Uh, in baseball, you could start a lineup in scr- of scrubs and win because it's just like that kind of game. But... If there was a way to increase your chances of facing the Twins as opposed to the Rays on kind of the final game of the season, is that something you, if you were in a position to contemplate that, would you contemplate that? I would contemplate that. I I don't know if I would contemplate it for the right reasons. I would probably contemplate it so we didn't have to talk about it. Like, oh, you should have tanked that one game so you didn't have to go to the trop. Uh, because that'll be a very annoying conversation if they go there and it goes the way it has, you know, except for this most recent series, every other time it feels like recently. Uh, I don't want that to be the conversation. I don't want that to be the takeaway from the, from the off season or from the, or from the season going into the winter that will leave once again, another bad taste, uh, in everybody's mouths. But, um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's hard to ask guys to go out there and lose and it's kind of, it's kind of a weird thing. And also the twins are not pushovers uh you know they're winning a bad division and 
you know, I think that there's reason why they're not thought of as highly, but that's that's a tough series too. And and you know, you can often uh trip yourself up when you're trying to, you know, pick your your uh opposition like that. So I'm kind of of the let the chips fall where they may thing. Uh you're gonna have to be good teams to get, you know, beyond the first round, be into the ALCS, into the World Series anyway. It's good you're gonna have to do it at some point. So I don't know. Bring on the Rays if that's how it all shakes down is kind of how I would think about it. But I would absolutely contemplate it because I don't want people to be like, well, you should have just not gone to the trough, you fucking idiots, obviously. And if you go to the to Minnesota, you have to think of the Jordan Luplo revenge game factor. <laughs> absolutely. And that's that's a terrifying prospect. I don't know. Like, yeah, I look up and down the Twins roster. I'm not impressed with it. But the starting pitching has been good. Very good, uh, yeah. And that can be very, you know, that can be a huge, huge factor in such a short series. You could go to Minnesota and you could just have, you know, their top guys shut you down. And that, you know, that's a realistic outcome. Um, yeah, I, I think there's not an, enough of a gap to really contemplate doing something underhanded, for lack of a better way of putting it. Like in a world where the Rays are totally you know, top to bottom loaded in the way that they might have been at their top strength when they didn't have so many injuries. There might be an argument for, oh, David Schneider's ice cold, but let's try and heat him up by putting him in the cleanup spot. And, oh, well, we want to make sure that Cam Eden gets some game time because we're, uh, <laughs> you know, we want to, we don't want to throw him into the fire in the playoffs if he hasn't done anything, you know, that type of stuff. Um, but like I said, it, in baseball, it just doesn't work as well. Like, it, you you can throw shitty players out and for one day they can do well like a triple a AAA team if you you know if you put a triple a team on the field at the in the major leagues for 162 games they wouldn't go zero and 162 you know they would win like i don't know 30 games or something so it's just like it, it's tough to do and it it might be that the other teams do well enough that they're not really in a position to i don't know we're we're talking about potentially throwing a game at a time when the Blue Jays haven't clinched the playoffs. So <laughs> they should probably do that first before. I, I think that would be a good idea. Yeah. Um, and it's also tougher now that there's the different roster rules, right? You don't have all those September calls. Everybody can't get hung over like in 2015. And then you just, you run out Kawasaki and all the rest of the, you know, whoever, whoever is at the end of the bench. Cause you, you have that many guys at that point. Um, it's just, you know, eventually, eventually you're going to have to put someone with the talents on the field. Uh, which, yeah, could screw up your plans pretty easily. Before we get away from Tampa, I don't think we have to linger on this, but uh, we probably have to touch on it, which is is the big Saturday decision, and uh, which, again, it, it's aggressive to be like this is something that cost them a game because the game, it was more about, you know, it, they could have potentially extended a game. Who knows if they would have won or lost that. Uh, and then you had the John Schneider leaving in Jordan Romano when Tim Meza was available and against the lefty bat who had really struggled against left-handed pitching. And, you know, Romano's dealing with the nail thing. He's clearly not right. This became an opportunity for some John Schneider talk. I, you know, I tweeted about it, then ended up regretting it because a lot of people started debating the concept of hindsight, <laughs> hindsight in my mentions. Yeah, people uh, do. Which is not, was not what I was getting at. I did a hindsight is 2020 just as a, you know, just as a basic qualifier to acknowledge that sometimes uh, it's easy to quibble with things when they go a certain way. Uh, and it's easy to quibble with the process. Although, in my opinion, the process was faulty just because. If anything, like this isn't even necessarily one of those like analytics. You you gotta go by the numbers in the book situation. It's a 
like the guy was not looking right. Like it's an old school reason, right? Like Romano just mm-hmm. looked wrong at that point uh, and he'd seen it for a couple of days. And I think what Blue Jays fans are taking issue a little bit with is him kind of coming out after the game and being like, oh, well, that's the guy. That's the closer. You stick with him no matter what. And I, you know, I, is that the right attitude? <laughs> <laughs> no, probably not. Um, but also, you know, there's something there's the, 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 you're playing this like confidence game a little bit with these guys. And I, I don't know, there's, there's, there's only so much a manager can do. And I don't know if it, if it matters, but that's one area where we seem to be like, okay, yeah, you can, you can be the little, you, you can do some alchemy with their, with their egos and their personalities. And, and, uh, you know, I can, I can let that slide for me. And this is not something that I noticed at the time. I didn't see a lot about it, but for me rewatching it today, writing about it, I'm like, oh, Randy Rosenarena was wearing a helmet with bat in hand next to Kevin Cash when he was asking for the review of the Caminero play. So Rosenarena was going to come into the game if Mesa did. So I'm like, oh, well, then it doesn't really fucking matter. Yeah, I mean, you can walk him. I don't know, whatever. It's just like, <laughs> well, you get, I mean, and then, but then you're facing right-handers again, I think. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I think, and in that sense, you know, had that been, had that really been the concern, had had Schneider thought that was what was going to happen, it would have been nice if he had just explained that and not gone the other way with it. I think the explanation is you're absolutely correct is sort of uh, did not help smooth anything over. I think you also had you had an, an out, right? Like it wasn't just oh, you know, Jordan is struggling. In you know, we love Jordan, and he's had an incredible season. He's been one of the best closers in the major. Like you could do all that, and you can, in most circumstances, you could kind of make it clear, like oh, this is our guy. But everyone has a rough day, and we just thought Tim gave us the best chance to get out of the inning. But you beyond that, you had the nail thing, right? So you you could have been yeah. like, you know what, he just physically. Uh, he just wasn't quite there today. And, you know, that we're dealing with this issue. And by the time, you know, in the closing games of the season and potentially in the playoffs, we're confident he's going to be fine. But um, it was just one of those days where he was, you know, he was dealing with something and it made him d- difficult for him to be effective. Like, it, you, it doesn't have to be some, like, he's our guy, we beat our chests and we're confident in him and that's the way baseball is. You just put in your best pitcher no matter what and whatever. I don't know. It just It's kind of the thing in basketball that just really pissed me off where, like, the best player just has to take the last shot no matter what. And I'm like, what if there's, like, four guys on him? And there's an open shot on the other side. It's Maybe a pass to John Paxton. That's how that's how we do it. It's rare though. Like normally the guy who's like the star <laughs> just goes up for the shot no matter what. And that's what it felt like to me. It was like, okay, well, Romano's just gonna stay in no matter what. And I'm like, that's a rigid way to think about it. But I I don't know. I think that it'll be interesting to see what happens if the Blue Jays are to make the playoffs because you know, John Schneider's first run at this was somewhat fairly, but somewhat unfairly. Like, we know just so much crazy shit happened in the 8-1 game that it's hard to hang on him. Um, but I think the 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 sting of that and the opinion of him hasn't really recovered from that. It, maybe it would have if he had had sort of an incredible regular season in 2023. Um, but that is still attached to him in a lot of people's eyes. And, you know, the manager's always under the microscope, arguably to an unfair degree in the playoffs, just because we're so hyper-focused on every pitch uh, and every decision. And with the days off, they're just more levers a manager can pull. Like, the relievers are less likely to be gassed. They're more open to going for longer assignments. They're just, there are more things you can do in the playoffs. 
I, I just think he's going to be extremely closely watched. And a lot of Blue Jays fans, if things go wrong, a lot of people are out on Schneider to begin with. Like, I think a lot of people just in their eyes, he's done. But he, it, it's unfortunate because it's not the other way around, right? Like, it, there's no scenario where a bunch of, he does well in the playoffs and a bunch of Blue Jays fans become, unless he, they win the World Series, maybe. But a bunch yeah. of Blue Jays fans are like, wow, Schneider's an incredible manager. I love how he went to Jordan Hicks there. <laughs> uh, he, like he, he absolutely killed it. Um, but the, the opportunity for people to say Schneider's a terrible manager. He absolutely blew it again. Like he's someone they can't have in the playoffs. That's yeah, that's very, it seems very much on the table to me. Oh, a hundred percent. No, I, I, you know, you just have to look at Twitter and not even just not even normal people on Twitter, like just the the randos who, you know, who you, who I could use to create a straw man argument for literally anything. There's enough people saying uh, every possibility of dumb <laughs> dumb bad things out there that it's it's easy to straw man. But no, you look at you watch anything, you see any tweet that talks about Schneider, that one in particular, you know, stuff talking about that that decision. Uh, you know, David Schneider didn't play for a long time. That was the manager was wearing that. There have been decisions along the, the, the line during this year uh, that, you know, I sure as hell don't remember, but people have been left with a bad taste for. Uh, I know we've talked about some before, but it, it, it uh, to me, it hasn't been, you know, it hasn't risen to the level where uh, it's really that different than any other manager. But, you know, uh, th- that is not my, that's not my memory. And I think a lot of people, yeah, have not even necessarily consciously from last season's, uh, you know, the 8-1 debacle. Um I think that that stuff is just sort of snowballed, and once once you start thinking a guy's dumb, then it, you kind of view everything through the this guy's dumb lens, and then when you see another thing you think might be dumb, it ends up, you know, just snowballing, and, and to the point where a lot of people really, you know, you see a lot of unserious manager stuff, you see a lot of like, uh, you know, triple A manager not ready for the big leagues kind of manager stuff, and and you know everybody's going to disagree with the manager's decisions all the time, and and you know it it was all it's always instructive to me how, uh, you know I was a big Gibby guy in the first go around when uh, when he was fighting Ted Lilly and stuff, uh, and people hated Gibby, and people hated Gibby when he came back for, at first in 2013, fell apart, and now he's like St. Gibby and everybody loves him, and it's like, yeah, you know what the difference was? <laughs> he had the players to win uh, eventually, and so that made him look good, and that's sort of, you know, how that stuff works. I don't know that it matters, you know, what, and, he, you know, it does, you know, in the moments, and it does, and it could have in that moment. Uh, and I'm very glad that we're not talking about it more, even though we are, <laughs> but they won on Sunday. And so that really muted any need to to, to really get into this stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right that Schneider will be watched very closely. Um, and it's going to get annoying, frankly. But uh, but that's that's the job, I guess, really. I mean, you make a good point about confirmation bias, right? Like once you are in the mindset that this person is, you know, you have a negative opinion of them, it's just so easy to take whatever new evidence you see and and funnel it in that direction uh, because it, it is tough to say, oh, that's an incredible managing move. And then, you know, there are, there are, <laughs> but you also, you can't tell people that you can't be, you know, there are, they're just going to do it anyway. There, I mean, maybe there's some out there like, oh, really? <laughs> like there occasionally some does creative stuff, but uh, you know, especially with defensive alignments becoming, you know, unshifted, uh, there's less of that stuff that even goes on. Mm. It's, I don't know. It, it's tough because 
I don't have a strong, yeah, you know, I don't have a strong opinion about is Schneider a good manager. Like my, if someone says is Schneider a bad manager, you know, and I could say okay, based on what, and they could point to yeah, maybe sort of four bad things that are burned into their memory. And if I ask someone is someone a, is Schneider a good manager, you tend to get more general things again because it's hard to reach for individual moments and in managing brilliance. I just, I don't think that there's that much evidence either way. It's just so hard for guys to differentiate themselves. But when you have a player who gets a bad rap out of the gate, you know, when you're watching a broadcast of that player, like the next year, if the player's still on the team, the next year, his, you know, his home runs are going to come up and his OPS and his RBI. And like, you know, I think, for example, of Dalton Varsho. Like, a lot of Blue Jays fans are not happy with the Dalton Varsho deal and how he's performed this year offensively, and that's totally valid. He's not performed well offensively. He's fallen below expectations, and that trade doesn't look good right now and all that stuff. But Dalton Varsho can come out in 2024 and sock some dingers and win people back because then when he shows up on the broadcast, people are like, oh, Varsho's actually having a great year this year. Um, you know, maybe I was quick to judge him. But there's nothing that's going to show up on the broadcast about John Schneider where you're like, you know what? I was wrong about that guy. He really knows how to manage. <laughs> like, what's going to pop up on the Chiron? Like, oh, 84% successful challenge rate? Like, there's just, there's not a way to claw back that favor other than winning at, like, the highest, highest, highest level. Um, winning, a, you know, winning a World Series would cure all ills. But I don't know, like, how far could the Blue Jays go in the playoffs where people change their opinion about John Schneider? Like, even if they win the wildcard series and do well in the ALDS, like, that's probably enough. Is a trip to the ALCS enough? It doesn't matter. Like, let's be clear. It doesn't matter. Mm. Um, <laughs> let's be just 100% on this. It, it doesn't matter what people think of John Schneider. That's not how the decisions are going to be made in terms of sort of his fate with the team, how the fan base views him. But it's it's just sort of uh, it seems like a big one of those big cruise ships, and it's tough to turn around uh, the public opinion on a manager. So I, I don't envy the position he's in because it just seems like there's a there's a lot to lose here, and it's hard to envision a situation where yeah, the public perception of him radically changes in a positive way. Yeah, it took Gibby about a decade. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not real hopeful about it. And you're right. You know, it doesn't. It, that's not who's making the decisions. And the guys making those decisions already fired one manager not even that long ago. So I'm not. Uh, you know, especially if they get into these playoffs, uh, just get used to John Schneider and be be, be aware that you're going to do things sometimes that you don't like. Or just know. yeah, I don't know. Be a fan of the players. You know that's. <laughs> Speaking of of players and Schneider, this is a, here's a weak transition. Uh, Davis Schneider is a player of note in recent weeks. I want to touch on him today because you know the deep Schneider slump is incoming, or it has come, and he you know he has not done anything offensively for a while, and even the you know the walks have declined too. It's not like his first time where after the Boston series he didn't get hits for a few games, but he had a bunch of walks and you know, and I wouldn't say that it looked amazingly convincing, but it, it looked a little better than now where he really has not even been getting on base and he's having tough at bats and he's striking out a lot. And in a sense, none of this is really a surprise. Like we knew that he wasn't 
this, you know, the all-time greatest. <laughs> he wasn't Barry Bonds. Yeah, he yeah. wasn't the greatest hitter we've ever seen. I mean, it's wild that he still has a 173 WRC plus despite not hitting anything for like 10 days and him, you know, only having 135 plate appearances his entire career. Like it, I'm not sure we even appreciated enough how insanely good he was off the hop here. But where do you like where are we with Schneider now because he's he's lost the everyday lineup position which is fair cuz like they're you know every win is crucial towards clinching a playoff spot here he's not trustworthy at the plate at the moment i i, I don't know if that's the right way to phrase it but i think that that's an accurate way to put it when a guy just is in such a deep funk even a guy who'd proven more at the big league level than Schneider I don't think that anyone is giving up on the premise that he can be a solid MLB hitter, but like, what are we doing with Schneider in terms of the rest of the season? And then like a, a playoff roster spot, like, is there a scenario where it makes more sense to, you know, to carry a cam Eden and have the insane specialist tool in your toolbox? Uh, if you don't think you're going to play Schneider. That's, yeah, that's a very interesting question. Uh, I doubt we're there. I, you know, I, I mean, we're talking about you know public reaction to stuff, and and we're like, yeah, it doesn't matter. I don't think that matters either. There's the the old uh, axiom, you know, you're you'll you'll be sitting in the stands soon if you're managing, you know, like like what the fans want. Uh, probably said more ele- elegantly than I just did, but um, but yeah, I think that would be a real tough look to not have David Schneider on a playoff roster. Um, you know, I know I have I haven't. I mean, what, is Santiago Espinal playing at this point? Like, what, the, the, that's the guy I think a lot of people kind of keyed in on. Um, and you know, I think that I don't know. I think there's still probably room for Schneider. I think Cam Eden would absolutely be uh, a very welcome addition if they, you know, they got to do some tricks. You know, you got to use the IL to get guys on there. But the team seems like teams always uh, figure it out because he wasn't on the forty on September first. But uh, but he was in the uh, organization, and if someone like. Yeah. If someone is eligible to come back but is still injured, like they can make that work, is my understanding. Yeah, they, they always do. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't think teams are usually left in the lurch if they want to put a guy like that uh, onto the roster. Um, yeah, I honestly, uh, I, I, I think that you've got to continue to go with Schneider and continue to see what's there. You were burned once by probably sitting him a little bit too much. Um, it's not like you're. It's not like you're the 27 Yankees, and there aren't spots where you can, you know, give give Merrifield a day. I'm not saying every day playing for for Schneider. I mean, obviously, Kevin Biggio has been really good, and that that could, needs to continue. Um, but you know, just get him in there and, and continue to see if he can work out of it, because you know we can see how valuable he could be uh, if he's going at his best. And I don't know if we'll ever see that from him again. But uh, probably not, uh, to be honest. But <laughs> you'll probably never see that from any player again, really. Not, 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 yeah. not an easy thing to do the way he started his career there. But, uh, but yeah, I think you have to look at him as a guy who can, you know, be a big part of your offense down the line. Just as you got to look at, at Biggio as that, and, and as you got to look at Whit Merrifield, I think too. Even though you know we're 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 not the most pro Merrifield podcast, but he's definitely had his runs this year where he's shown how valuable he can be uh when the bat's going you know he does a lot of other little things well uh can be a really useful player so it's just a hot hand matchup thing i think from here on out which is sort of how we began the year and how you know different personnel i guess but um and and how i think they got to continue it's going to be it'll be it'll be interesting to see how they play that but i I think there's got to be a spot for yeah i think that if they were to 
be able to clinch early, like I would put him in the lineup every day. You know what I mean? Like I would just, I'd force feed him at bats to see if I could get his confidence back. I mean, maybe it's a bad idea because he'll just fall deeper into this funk, but I'd like to give him the opportunity to work his way out of it if they are in a situation where they don't necessarily need to win. So maybe that, I mean, that could be as little as sort of the last two games. Again, I don't want to presume anything and be like, this is firmly going to happen, but that's one way I would handle it. Also, I think something you have to consider is, you know, you think about Cam Eden off the bench being an extreme specialist. Like even if Schneider is in the steep funk and he's not going to be in your starting starting lineups for either of a wildcard games, he would be like the home run specialist. You know what I mean? Like they don't like in earlier in the season, <laughs> yeah. like, I mean, that sounds silly, right? As if you can just bring someone off the bench who will definitely hit a home run. But like there comes sometimes a situation in the game where you're in a desperation spot and you need to just bring in somebody who has a chance to hit the three run home run. Cause that's like the only hope you have left in the game. Uh, you know, like the Matt stairs type of figure and classic, yeah. you know, Earlier in the season, you you sometimes you could have used Danny Jansen for that, right? Like if Kirk was starting, and now or you know Brandon Belt coming off the bench if a lefty had started and he was on the bench. But nowadays, you know, you got Heineman, you got Espinal, you got Cam Eaton, you got you know Spencer Horowitz. Again, like not really that guy. Some level of extra base damage, but you know, still someone who hit ten home runs at AAA over the vast majority of a season. And uh, might not might not be here when Belt gets back anyway. Might not be here when Belt gets back. One home run at the major league level, and it was at Coors Field. Like, I think there's some value in that. Just having that guy off the bench who has the, who, yeah, has and pedigree is a weird use, a weird word to use with Schneider because he's like the absolute opposite of pedigree. <laughs> but someone who has that proven thump is, I think, one of those things you want uh, entering a playoff series because. It, it like Cam Eden would almost certainly have utility at some point. Maybe Schneider in that way, if he's not starting, there doesn't arise a situation where you need him. But you know, if there comes a time where your whole, you know, your life, the the continuation of the season relies on you need a huge extra base hit or home run, I you know I think he's a handy guy to have there, even if that's something he hasn't shown over the last week and a half. He, he's sure as hell shown it as a major leaguer that he can do that. Um, and yeah, I think that's just a player you want to have on your bench, even if he's not, even if he's not his best, even if he's not starting. No, I think you're right. No, the, it, 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 that is a that is a very useful position. I mean, we saw Dalton Pompey in 2015, right? Like there's uh, uh, Officer Pompey. We, we uh, yeah, I think having Cam Eden there is going is a is the thing they do have a decision to make there, and I mean, um, if, one, if once they get to the playoffs, if they even there's do. been a lot of once they get to the playoffs, <laughs> and uh, yeah. you know, if anyone is believing in jinxes and things of that nature, we apologize for that. I, <laughs> but I, I don't know. I think this would have been a grim addition to the podcast, and a little bit unfair coming off a pretty uplifting series for the team in Tampa Bay to be like, you know what? Let's really focus in on that two point. 3% chance that they absolutely blow this thing. I think I don't think that's where people's heads are at. I don't think that's a podcast they want. Personal. No, I sus- I suspect not. It's not the podcast I want. 
also, you know, Astros up on the Mariners as we as we speak, and, and Angels uh, up on the on the Rangers. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at that <laughs> yeah, situation. I'm not sure that's going to last very long. Could, yeah, that could be a Red Sox on the last day of 2021 <laughs> type of scenario. Do not, under any circumstances, put your faith in the Angels bullpen. No, and they're up by one as we record this. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I wouldn't put any faith in that. Maybe I don't know. I don't know when people listen to podcasts. Sometimes they wait. It's possible that you, the listener, are hearing this podcast at a moment when the Blue Jays have already secured a playoff berth. Uh, in which case, sorry for us couching our language, but I think we've been pretty aggressive, pretty bullish on Toronto making the playoffs. Because as much as I have some reservations in believing that this team has a deep postseason run in them, uh, yeah, I think it's it has become quite fair to feel. Like this team is going to be in a wild card series. I think that's correct, um, but I also think you know yeah, the the, dumb, the dumbest possible outcome of this season. I feel would be a deep run after what everybody experienced throughout this summer, right? So, oh, I uh, mean, bring it on! I think the dumbest possible outcome would be getting swept by the Yankees at home, and uh, <laughs> oh, well, that's that's a little too on the nose to be. Uh, yeah. Michael King, I don't, I don't, don't need to get kinged again. Yeah, there's probably not enough. Like, if you're writing the story, if you're writing the story, there's not <laughs> enough subtlety in that. I think that's that would be a brutish ending to uh, the 2023 Blue Jays just to be annihilated by a Yankees team that just got eliminated from the playoffs for the first time in the Aaron Judge era, basically since 2016, which is very cool. I think yeah. you know. Uh, as much as people like to talk about the Orioles as this rising force in the AL East, which is, you know, I, I think that's a fair way to put it. People maybe jumped the gun on that a little bit last year and were kind of rewarded with some of the flukiness associated with the 2023 Orioles. Uh, but people at the same time should kind of acknowledge that this team, the New York Yankees, that has been atop the AL East or a, a playoff factor for you know more than half a decade now kind of has had taken the role that the blue jays had uh you know 2015 2016 after that since then the yankees have been you know the probably the dominant team in the al east or you know them and the rays however you want to split that really doesn't look like a team that's on the brink of uh being a huge threat and maybe that's unfair and maybe they break out the wallet in some crazy way in the offseason not that that worked for the mets um, maybe some of these injured guys find their way back and, you know, guys like Volpe take a huge step that we don't expect based on what we've seen from them as a young player. But I don't know. When I look at the Yankees in 2023, I don't think, oh, this is a team that is going to bounce back and uh, really be uh, a squad to be feared in 2024. Maybe that's foolish. Maybe that's hubris. Maybe that's uh, wish casting. But I, I don't know. I don't know about you, but that's not – I feel like the Yankees are a, a little bit down here. I know down for the count would be aggressive, but <laughs> the, yeah. I feel like that we got a real possible trough on our hands. I, I tend to agree, and I feel that, uh, you know, based on whatever little slice of Yankees Twitter I see, I feel like a lot of Yankees fans probably agree with that as well. Yeah, it would have been, I think, nice for Blue Jays fans to see – the team eliminate the Yankees from the playoffs. I don't know if I if that's ever happened in Blue Jays history. Um, probably not would be my guess. Not that like it's not a rivalry that I, don't, I wouldn't even call it a rivalry. It's not really anything to be honest. But Blue Jays fans sure. hate the Yankees much like most people. 
So <laughs> and Yankees fans are aware of the Blue Jays' existence. Yeah, yeah re- recently, like in, in the last, <laughs> basically probably 2015 is when Yankees fans became aware of the Blue Jays. Um, and the, the Steve Sachs era was not uh, full of success. So there's, there we might have eliminated them at some point. Well, uh, Donnie Baseball and Co. <laughs> We will leave it uh, there with you guys. I think sort of the point right now in terms of our odd scheduling is that we don't exactly know when we're going to come to you. Perhaps we'll kind of announce some of that on Twitter and and Blue Sky, who are uh, you know, ooh, ooh, yeah, yeah, new new social media. Um, we'll probably kind of announce things as they come. The good news is I think we're going to be with you a little bit more frequently as things play out here. Uh, the bad news is that if you're a person of ritual and routine I, I don't know i don't think we've been the podcast for you kind of from the beginning to be honest but things may get even more difficult to predict from here on out because we're kind of following the tides of the storylines and uh yeah where i think that yeah the good news is there's going to be more of this there's going to be a lot to talk about especially if the blue jays don't screw this all up and end up making the playoffs and we'll be with you relatively frequently, maybe hearkening back to the, you know, the Colin era where there was a little bit more of us. And so hopefully we ha- will have your patience and you'll just see us popping up in the feeds or on social media and you'll figure out when we'll be with you. Uh, but we don't have anything more precise for you than that. So thank you everyone for listening in. We appreciate ratings and reviews and things of that nature that help various algorithms. Uh, But you don't have to do it either. You know what? If you're just here to hang out and listen, that's cool too. And we will see you, you through the end of this bizarre journey that has been the 2023 Toronto Blue Jays season.